0: Hey, let's talk to one of our favorites. We've had this guy uh, on a this lot, guy. Lieutenant Joe Kenda, and he's got a new book, Killing Triggers. You remember him from Homicide Hunter. This guy knows how to solve homicides, and he joins us now. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hello, Joe. I'm very well,
1: thanks. How are you?
2: Good. Nine seasons on Discovery, and then you have two books. The most recent, as Torg just mentioned, Killer Triggers. Before we get into all that, though... As you look back over the last 12, 14 months and your brother's in blue, I'm going to take a guess that you're kind of happy you're out of the mix.
1: Of course. Yeah. Of course I am. I I was due to retire because I had reached my emotional limit when I did retire. I could, everything around me was white noise. Yeah. I had uh, been maxed out with the violence and the death. I was like, all right, so I got to go.
0: Yeah, and, and, and we yeah, should we should mention Joe went to Ohio State too for folks out there. So Joe, back when my uh, wife was pregnant with our last child a few years back. I would watch, like, those Lifetime movies with her, you know, where the husband's always trying to get the wife, and she says, hey, why do you watch these with me? And I I said jokingly, I want to know what they do wrong. (laughs) And I was joking, obviously. But is there something when you're talking about homicide that's a trait where they always kind of slip up and the one thing they do wrong is what?
1: The one thing they do, not everybody, not everybody, but the one thing that some people do wrong, we're talking about policemen here who – Establish a theory on the way to the crime scene and beat up the facts until it matches their theory. That's a terrible mistake. You have to go to a crime scene. Crime scenes will speak to you. They don't speak loudly. They're very quiet, but they will talk to you. Allow the facts to drive your theory and not the other way around. You're way better off.
2: And I love the, uh, the angle of, yeah, the why is so interesting. So a lot of times you, they work, you know, all the facts present themselves if you know what to look for, but the why someone kills, because there's your psychotic killers, and then there's just probably your neighbor that lost it one night and ends up killing exactly. somebody. I mean, completely different.
1: Of course they are. When, when emotion overcomes judgment, people revert to their worst possible instincts, morality melts, consequences no longer exist. Limits are not to be observed. Only the thrill of the bloodletting prevails.
0: Hey Joe, with your with Homicide Hunter, I'm sure you've watched a lot of cop shows and uh, paid attention to movies well, actually, or whatever. You know, I
1: never watched cop. Show. Oh, you never
0: did because I, I was because I was going to ask you what show we you had
2: thought. you pegged as a Columbo guy. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: but but there's shows out there like I'm sure you heard of the show Bosch or in shows like that. I was curious what show you thought was the most realistic.
1: The most realistic cinema production movie, not, not TV. Okay, was a movie, a movie, Eat. Robert De Niro and yeah. Al Pacino. That was absolutely on the mark about how bad guys operate and how the police operate. Oh, that, that one movie was yeah, really okay. struck me. Yeah, because right. I had Val Kilmer me. in it. But yeah.
2: Remember the firepower the criminals had at the scene at that bank, and what how that all went down. Absolutely. That was an incredible story.
1: Well, the real point was when the bad guys see the police, what they do? They open fire. Mm-hmm. There's no discussion. We start shooting right now. That's what bad people do. Yeah. Hey, tell us. So a- that, that was very realistic.
0: Tell us about the book Killer Triggers.
1: I wanted to examine the why of it. I wanted to know, I I pick cases at random because they all have a why, but I wanted to know something about the differences between the emotions involved on why people lose control. What causes the average person, maybe even a seemingly normal person, to suddenly set a ball of violence in motion? Because it it begins with someone's emotion overcoming their judgment. What is that? What trigger In them that makes them do this, and there's even a 15 year old boy in that book that planned the murder of his own mother for four months. There are many people in the world who do very bizarre things. Most most murders are crimes of the moment, but when you plan a murder, it's another different level of evil.
2: Sure. Do drugs and alcohol, how many murders are are people usually under the influence of something when they commit, or like you said, is it just so sudden that it overtakes them?
1: No, it's a 65% of all homicides in this country occur because of narcotics. Our insatiable desire to use narcotics results in a lot of sub-headlines, okay, Mm of failure to pay for the drugs you say you want, attempted robbery of a drug dealer, a non-payment of that's a mistake where the drug dealer thinks you didn't pay him, but you actually did. He's got you confused with someone, and you die for that. So there's all sorts of things that go on involving drugs as a motivator. So what's left is the other 35%, which involves jealousy and sex and money and revenge and madness and all the other things that go with it. So you have to decide what it is that's caused these cases to take place. The why can often lead you to who, which is why yeah, I was interested. After I know who, I don't care about why anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But When when the why leads me to who, then it, that's how I care.
0: <laughs> you can find him on Twitter, LT Joe Ken, at LT Joe Kenda. And you know, I, I, there was a case a couple months ago. It wasn't a homicide, but almost where there was a football offensive lineman with Seattle who strangled his girlfriend left her in the bathroom, and then she came out and he said, oh, he's having like breakfast and having a smoothie and said, oh, you're still alive? Um, I found that super weird, and I wondered if the guy had CTE. Have you? It is there such a thing as if someone has like a brain injury or disorder that could of cause
1: course. you? Of course. Well, there's a, a chapter in the book about dementia. Okay. In dementia, it is not unusual for a patient to suffer Transient ischemic attacks, TIAs, doctors call them. They are ultimately little strokes that change the blood flow in the brain and change your personality into one who is aggressive and profane, Mm. even though that person never was before that. So, yes, changes in the brain can result in violent behavior. And it certainly did in that case. So, so if the you're... The title of the chapter is The Undoing of a Good Man, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, by the yeah way, I that's don't, sad, I don't, that's I don't, sad.
0: I don't know if the guy had CT, I was just wondering at the time, but so when you, and maybe that's f- for a prosecutor, so what do you do? I mean, you're, you're in the case of the prosecutor, but if something like that happens, I mean, what do you do with the case? Do you just, you put the guy away well, or do you, you,
1: you... prosecute, well, you prosecute the case and the jury makes a decision on what they want to do. Okay. I always had that feeling that my job was to tell you who, what, where, when, and how. And I bring you before a jury, and I said, now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what this person did. Now let me tell you how I know that that's the person that did that. Now the decision is yours. What do you want to do with this guy? Would you like to award him a Silver Star, or do you want to take him out in the alley and shoot him in the head? While you're considering that, you wait here, because I'm going to go get another one and I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality of the court system.
2: Yeah, and I'm
1: sure... Society decides what they will tolerate. Society decides. I don't decide. I don't punish people. Yeah. And juries decide what they want to do about it.
2: And I'm sure sometimes <laughs> after you put all the work in those juries, it's, it's a real letdown at times. They probably give you satisfaction at other times.
1: Well, of course. Yeah. I had a case where the only, one of the only two murder trials I ever lost. I had 217 trials for first-degree murder. I'm 215 and two. If I was a football team, I'd be a dynasty. Or as it is, I'm just a dumb guy who can't convict two people of murder. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) this guy is accused, and he kills three people, two children and a mother. But he plays the God card on the stand. As God is my witness, I didn't do this. And the jury overlooked the evidence and believed the God card. After the trial, a woman on the jury walks up to me and says, you're probably mad at me. I said, why would I be mad at you? Well, because I released that man. I said, well, why did you do that? She said, well, he wouldn't say that God is his witness if it wasn't true. I said, oh, really? She said, so you're probably angry. I said, no, madam, I'm a professional. I don't get angry. But you need to understand something. When he crawls in your window and kills you and your kids, I'm not going to be angry about that either. I'm just going to investigate it.
2: Oh, Joe Can Yeah, the book so Killer Triggers, by the way. Yeah. Amazon.com, Killer Triggers in the uh, Discovery Plus stream of American Detective. Joe, we love you here at QFM 96, and uh, thank you for your time. I hope we can do it again.
1: Of course.